but I was fancy. You are Mr. You I are Mr. Branded fancy pants. The, I branded the podcast like it was a prize steer. It's about to be turned into delicious steaks that you cover in. Well, you're a fancy, fancy boy. Yeah, it, it's it's weird that that works. Steaks with craft cheese powder. The, yeah, it's it's okay. actually not a bad seasoning. You can coat them with the uh, the craft macaroni and cheese powder or whatever it is that comes in the box, and it's <laughs> okay, not bad. I believe I'll honestly. try it. It's not I like it with bad. blue cheese, but whatever, that's fine. That's it. And <laughs> I I did it in the air fryer. By the way, a steak in an air fryer at four hundred degrees for eleven minutes is a very nice an air fryer steak. Uh, it, how many days worth of diarrhea did this craft cheese steak leave you? None, actually. Either way, it. worth it. <laughs> totally. You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 252. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. This is this is not a side A episode, <laughs> <laughs> but we are going to talk about pop culture, entertainment news, music, movies, books, Florida, kind of whatever catches our eye. My name is Trigger, and that's I'm me. joined by Silver because that's my hair color, and Mister Red. Oh, Wilbur, my genitals, <laughs> genitals, <laughs> my genitals, are my genitals. <laughs> this week we're going to talk about DC's... don't mock me. I'm a horse. God damn it! <laughs> DC's League of Super Pets. Nope, and the Lincoln Lawyer. Lincoln Logs. Okay. I'll well, lay some Lincoln Logs. But you know what we're not going to do? We'll we'll lay some logs, but we're not going to. We're going to try. To not spoil too much. Uh, it's a review show, as you all know. We do end up usually giving some spoilers, but I feel like we're pretty good about major twists or anything like that. Um, I know, I'm seriously not a fan of doing that, and these other gentlemen will be gentlemen about it for the most part. But if we are talking about something that you haven't seen or heard yet or whatever it is that we're talking about, and you want to and you're afraid to get have a spoiler, then maybe come back to it. Right. Um, let's spoil some news. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Mm, this this was a bad week to be a celebrity. We are we are now down to just three of the original Star Trek cast members left. Uh, there are at least twenty thousand tribbles still in existence. There, there are, there are. However, this past weekend, Nichelle Nichols passed away. Mm. Lieutenant Uhura has passed away, leaving us with just Captain Kirk, Sulu, and Chekhov. Oh, Chekhov. Yeah, he's still alive. That's right. Wow. Yeah. And not so not the not new Chekhov, because anymore, he's not. That's correct. But we also lost a NBA legend, Bill Russell. A a comic book artist, Ron Zimmerman, which <laughs> it seems writer. like. Oh, I thought he was an artist as well. He uh, writer producer. He um, I don't know the exact story, but he was kind of highly touted mm-hmm. when he was going to pick up some. He was going to take some lesser known properties in the Marvel world and like make them, um, update them for the times, which was the early two thousands, mm-hmm. um, and. From everything I heard and I've read and I saw, it was not successful at all. And then they quietly kind of pushed him into almost producer. Like, you're not a director slash writer anymore. You're kind of get pushed out of the way. And I don't like speaking ill of the dead, but some of the decision-making was so ham-fisted mm. that it was, you know, trying to be modernized and, you know, it, you... You all have that relative that will think they're saying something nice, but what they're really saying is like horribly racist or sexist or whatever. You know, like 
Like, oh, she's, you know, I don't know. I can't even think of anything. He's I can awfully say. articulate. Yeah, stuff like that where you're like, uh, you know, like, describe it like, oh, she's really nice. She's got nice boobs and this and that and whatever. And you're like, you're talking about the waitress or whatever. Like, it's just, I don't know. He was, he was just kind of ham fisted on certain things. He did a, uh, and I don't believe he deserved to die for it though. But, and for know. all you Disney fans, we also lost Pat Carroll. You may know her. You probably know her best as the voice of Ursula the Sea Witch huh. in The Little Mermaid. So in the in the main, like the original animated one. Yes, that's why I said the voice of Ursula the Sea Witch. No, no, no. Like I didn't know if there was like other versions of it. You know, like Little Mermaid two or something like that. Oh. Nobody gives a crap about that directed video bullshit. Wait, what? Oh boy, gonna have to lower the volume on that. One. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, all of these. Uh, there's been some pretty decent uh, write-ups online, uh, particularly Bill Russell and Nichelle Nichols. Um, and like Nichelle Nichols, apparently, you know, there's so many awesome stories because uh, uh, Sulu, whose name I always mispronounce, the the, the real version. It's Takei. It, yeah, it's Takei, right? Not Takai. Yeah, Takei. No, it's Takei. Um, he has been very verbal just telling stories about her the past couple of days because they obviously remain friends and just little things that she had done on the show and how you know, there's people that had – there are like African-American celebrities that had never seen a black woman on television before and then saw it. Like Whoopi Goldberg, for example, was like – and realized, wait, I can do that too. Um, so just groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um people and just it's you know it's it, I think about I've been thinking about Star Trek a lot recently because of the Orville because we've had this conversation yeah and the the Orville went from funny parody of Star Trek that had some decent ideas in the background to pretty heavy thoughts mm-hmm. like I'm I had to actually I'm not done with the whole episode yet because like the episode yeah. with the genocide basically yeah it's hard it was like exhausting and I re- it occurred to me just how much I liked almost all of the characters. Yeah. Like, and even the one, and even the one that I don't like, I'm st- was starting and that to episode. On. I mean, that episode is Which like, it's is literally movie length. The blonde, the blonde. And I, like, I understand. Oh, you mean Charlie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like for a while she was just like, and I, I actually, I understand, but it's just like, uh, so have her you- character is doing what her character should do. Have you finished the last episode yet? The the genocide oh, episode? No. Okay. Episode I'm, nine. There's. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not there yet. Okay. I'm like I'm like right in the middle of it because yeah, you said it's it's film length, but I mean it's. I mean the show is great. It's emotionally draining, and it's, and it is kind of doing what Star Trek did in the past. That's exactly right. I I yeah. think you'll probably like the end. Of I that think episode. it's a the episode gets heavier and heavier as it goes. <laughs> like it's. It it is, but it's it's a really, really well done episode. Ex, 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 but they all are. This New Horizons. I finished season. that episode and I was like, "Oh my god!" I think, yeah, it's fantastic. But yeah, the uh, you know the Orville is just kind of building off of that Star Trek legacy, and Nichelle Nichols was a big part of that legacy. Yeah, without question, and aged gracefully. I saw a picture of her. I was like, "Wow." Um, so, uh, our, uh, respects to everyone that has passed away and, uh, a couple of trailers in the lighter news. Did you see the, the trailer to Samaritan? I did not. No. You know what it is? I'm going to guess it's a movie. It is a streaming movie, Ooh. but you're like, remember back in the day, like probably late middle school, early high school. So the 90s when like an Arnold Schwarzenegger, a Sylvester Stallone movie was like always a big deal. Right. Yeah. Like The Specialist and even uh, Demolition Man or Cliffhanger. (laughs) Like there was movie after it was like kind of when he when he was like living in Miami and like and was just releasing all these like kind of action movies and stuff. And like I don't think that has ever gotten out of my head to where like whenever I see like that there's a new. Uh, Sylvester Stallone movie. I'm like, holy crap! Um, 
Well, Samaritan is a Sylvester Stallone movie, and it is going to be streaming uh, very soon, actually. I think in a week or two. Uh, it's at the end of August. So like in, um, and he is – it's basically a kid who uh, thinks that his garbage man is this former superhero. Oh, really? So, so like a little bit of like Mega Man, Mega Mind, and he like – and the superhero, of course, has retired because he got older. And the kid is like, come on, you're a superhero, you're a superhero. And the, he's like, no, I'm not. And he steps backwards into the street. And, you know, you can't step backwards into the street in a movie without being run over by any number of large right. vehicle. Bus, garbage truck, you know, dump truck, whatever. Um, and he is like, ugh. And he obviously survives it because he was the superhero. And um, that, it's kind of that type of teaser trailer where it just kind of tells one little part of the story. But I was like immediately like looking forward to it. I was like, oh, just because I don't know. It's like that that old time, that old school like, ooh, a Sylvester Stallone movie. When is that supposed to be released? Uh, I'm gonna look. Uh... <clears throat> it is going to be on Amazon Prime mm. on August 26th. Oh, okay, so later this month. Okay. Uh, he kind of looks a little bit like Bruce Willis did in what was that superhero movie with not signs but uh, unbreakable. unbreakable. He looks okay. uh, he's got like the you know he's got like a hoodie right. on and it's kind of has that bluish gray hue to everything. But I don't know. There's just something about it that really like drew me in. Uh, the other thing is seems like one of the easiest movies to have ever written, and that is the Spirit Halloween movie, which I'm not sure if that's actually what it's called, but I think it um, is. Yeah, Spirit. I think Halloween that's what it's movie. called. Yeah. And you did actually see that trailer, I did. Correct? It Honestly, it looks a lot like a Goosebumps movie. That's exactly yes. what I thought. Yep. But it looks like it'll be a lot of fun. PG-13 movie, a bunch of kids decide to hide in a spirit Halloween. Uh, apparently something happened on this hallowed ground, and, um, you know, it's... I guess they can take control of all the animatronics on the stuff there, but it just... It seems fun. It just seems like, you know, there's there's a lot of scares that you know what they're going to be beforehand. Mm-hmm. You know, animatronics coming to life or possibly a spooky thing that they think is an animatronic that isn't, you know, all that right. kind of stuff. What was that Nick Cage movie we did last year? When he, Willie's with Wonderland. The, uh, <laughs> yes. I hope yeah. it turns into that. <laughs> that movie was glorious. Willie's, that movie was like Willie's amazing. Wonderland, sadly overlooked by the Academy. <laughs> <laughs> they'll do some sort of Did. tribute to it in 20 years you'll see time will tell <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great um so yeah both those, those trailers are available online just look up uh, spirit halloween and samaritan and you can check them out excellent <sighs> oh i don't want to say the next word so hmm. on to some florida news mm-hmm that's right. It is time for WTF. That's welcome to Florida. Today's story actually does not have a name identified with it. However, the gentleman in question, there, <laughs> this is a total Florida story. The gentleman in question was a 39-year-old male who crashed his scooter the electric scooter that you get, the shopping cart that you get at Walmart, crashed his scooter into the aisle shelves or whatever and was arrested for drunk driving. (laughs) Only Florida man could get arrested for drunk driving inside a Walmart. (laughs) I mean, is it... his Is eyes were all glassy. Driving? They said he smelled like alcohol, and he almost hit a couple of people in the aisles. And he was like unresponsive when they finally when they got to him. Um, he was said to be unresponsive when they asked him for his ID, and he actually had to be carried oh, to the God. patrol car on a stretcher. But couldn't you make the case for public intoxication, not drunk driving? Uh, you indoors. could if he wasn't driving. But he was, in fact, operating a motor vehicle. Yeah, I mean, okay, that's true. You're right. It depends on how the law is worded. That's fair. He was, in fact, operating a motor vehicle. If he'd have just been walking through Walmart, yes, it would have been public intoxication. Okay. 
His name is Aaron Gregory. Oh, is it? You found it. Yeah. <clears throat> Never trust anyone with two first names. Well, that's that's fair. <laughs> like with a like lab, you, like me. For yeah, I know. That's why I said it. I have two first names as well, but they're not first names in America, so <laughs> nobody notices. Also, don't trust immigrants <laughs> with two first names. True. True. Fair. I'll take it. <laughs> I'm wondering if that was actually him in that one picture. I yeah, because the picture that they posted is, um, well, let's just say the as Greg put it, the champion in that picture is the actual scooter because the guy is probably as wide as three scooters. The champion is the scooter. Yeah. No, like yeah, the champion <laughs> is the motor uh, like of that. Like if if the U.S. military isn't contacting that um, scooter company and being like, can we? Get some of the specs on the, the torque on your motor. We have some new tank ideas. We, yeah, we have like twenty ton tanks that need you know to, to go zoom and. Whew. Yeah, but and if you're that big, it would take a lot of vodka to get you drunk. We know is vodka. Vodka is not fat soluble. Never mind. Oh well, yeah, he he's a large individual. Made some poor decisions that day. Aaron Gregory, you are this week's welcome to Florida. And that was here outside of Orlando, too. Melbourne City. Yeah, it was in Melbourne. I have to say, many of these Florida stories are just in your area, gentlemen, in your neck of the woods. Coincidence? I, I don't think so. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> when we are wiser. Someday we're going to start the story and it's we're going to be like, you know, so-and-so, so-and-so. Wait. wait. Wasn't your roommate that that? <laughs> We're going to see the mugshot and be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Don't we know him? Yeah. It's got to happen sooner happen than later. Soon so, guys, if you want to join in on a conversation outside of the show, you can join our Patreon. And for just $5, you get invited to our Discord chat. You get early access to the movie that we're, we'll be reviewing. You get early access to the top five list. You get a birthday episode where you pick the movie and get a custom top five list about you. And there are higher rangers that get access to things like show notes. You get to curate an episode. Come on and join us. And if you're interested, you can go to patreon.com slash give me five podcast. Every little bit helps, guys. There, there are some new things that might be able to come soon. We just have to we have to test them like first. Great. But our recording software um, allows for a chat room now. Oh, where right. you can actually listen to us record Live. and you can kind of chat with us and you you can't like you're not heard but you just can type it in so we can be like we can be talking at something and then you can, we'll we'll see that you're typing it and we'll be like oh this person thinks that Omar's a moron <laughs> you know whatever yeah that's a thing <laughs> that is <laughs> like that's weird it's Omar's dad <laughs> <laughs> It's Notice odd. how I have not argued with anything you've said so far. <laughs> <laughs> That's where he literally just paid the five dollars to come on, call his son a moron, then he logged off. I don't know what that's about. That's funny. No. Um, but all uh, we're there's that. Uh, we we actually it wasn't really supposed to be a, a patron situation, but we had a fun little uh, uh, party on Friday where we got to float around a pool and watch Jaws. Yes, that was awesome. A yeah. lot of fun. And and we had some crappy audio so I had to play the audio on my phone, but it worked. I went to Best Buy. I went to Best Buy the next day and turned out that um I found the uh, I'll say the Waterford Lakes Best Buy, the the employees there know their shit cuz I I verbally explained what I was doing and they told me how to bypass it like he's like, "Okay, go here." And like he was he talked me through what the menus would say without them being Holy in front cow, of them. Really? I went home and did it. Yeah. It's like, hey, you're using Apple TV, right? Okay, go here, here, do this, do that, do whatever. Cool. Set it up. Worked perfectly fine. So now I can actually do it without any lag and without any weird audio Shit. situations. That's impressive. That was yeah. very impressive. And on top of that, I went there thinking I had to like buy something and he basically saved me like 120 bucks. So And you just got him fired. So Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Way nah. to go, Greg. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> okay, we can, uh, maybe we can hire him to this podcast. <laughs> he knows his shit, isn't it? Clearly. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> good job, Waterford Express. Well played. Guy Hell who yeah. is uh, 
we'll call him Steve, the uh, DVD player son. <laughs> we'll call him Steve the Hair. Yes. Oh, there it is. Steve the Hair from Stranger Things. Okay, moving on. Uh, we did Patreon. Oh, we had to talk about stuff. Stuff and things. Uh, who's going to talk? Who is going to talk about the Lincoln lawyer? Oh. Which I did not know was a thing. Yeah. That should be Omar. <clears throat> yes. It, it's and so there was a um so I, I watched the series. There's a new series that just came out um this year. Um May 13th on Netflix, Lincoln Lawyer. It's 10 episodes. Uh and of course I remember that there was a Matthew McConaughey movie. And I think that's been about 10 or 11 years since that came out. Yeah, 2011. Um, I started watching the show just kind of out of curiosity. Um, I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. Let's just give it a try. And I ended up watching the whole series. It was, it was very well done. The characters are very well played. They're likable. Um, so... I knew that the original Lincoln lawyer was based on um, a a book series. So Michael Connolly, Michael Connolly. Correct. But I was wondering, for those of you that have seen one, at least one of them, I would say that without giving, I'm kind of not giving anything away because you sort of figure this out. It's not like some huge twist at the end, but it is a twist. But so I'm going to kind of spoil a little bit, but both of the show and the series, I was wondering if they were based on the same book, but just written a little bit differently um, for viewing purposes, but they're not, Uh they're they're not because there are some very, there's one or two really big similarities. So because of the show, because of of, uh, you have 10 episodes, you have a lot more time to lay out the the characters and whatnot. So I thought maybe they just changed it up a little bit to make to, to fit in ten episodes compared to what the the movie was like. But they're they're not. The movie is based on the first book in the series, which is called Lincoln Lawyer. That came out in two thousand five. The show was based on the second book which came out in 2008. Uh, it's called The Brass Verdict. But some of the similarities, I mean, obviously some of the characters are the same, but I didn't know because I haven't read the books. I didn't know if it was, like I said, I didn't know if it was just like writing for TV or film. Mm-hmm. But the some of the main cases that are being worked on, because there's like one big main case in the movie and in the show, and then there's all these other little things that sort of come in and out that you, that show you how expert he is at getting at how to show you how good he is. And they do it in all these, of course, clever, you know, TV movie lawyerly ways. And they do all these cool, cool stuff. But one of the big things was it's the twist, I guess you could say with the main big high profile case in each, whether it's the show or the movie, the twist is, uh, Kind of, I mean, it's pretty much the same. It's just maybe it's written a little bit differently and it's presented to you a little bit differently, but it's, it's, um, it's, it's the, it's, it's the same idea there. there, It's, it's kind of like, I'm not, I'm not putting the movie down or the author down, but it's sort of like a one trick pony sort of thing. Uh, from my opinion so far, just having, uh, been exposed to those two stories. Cause like I said, one is from book one, one is from book two, but either way, whether you have seen the McConaughey film or not, or the other way around, I recommend watching both. They're actually very, very good. Uh, the tone tonally, they're a little bit different, but they both work. They're both very, very enjoyable. Um, the cast in the movie and the show, cause I'm focusing more on the show. Um, Manuel Garcia Rufo plays Mickey Holler, who's like the main character. Nev Campbell is back. Is he more or less handsome than Matthew McConaughey? That's a good. That's a good question. He is, uh, I would say, almost le- equally Latino handsome version <laughs> of Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> um, Nev Campbell is back. Yay! 
playing his ex-wife and also like an attorney. Um, Becky Newton oh, yeah, Maggie. Okay. plays another ex-wife of his uh, named Lorna. Um, Angus Sampson, Jazz Ray Cole, Christopher Gorham, Natari Guma Mbaho Mwet. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Mwene. Mwene. Okay. And Here's Jamie, a layout for you. <laughs> and Jamie McShane. I only did this, the characters that are... Uh, it's actually Jamie McShane. McShane. <laughs> Probably. I, I'm only going with those. There's a lot of characters. There's a, there's a, the cast is very big, but I only went with... Um, with seven like the, Yeah, seven episodes or more. Um, like characters that were in seven, at least seven episodes. Um, so this is based on the book, The Brass mm-hmm. Verdict. Yep. As you said, the second book. Um, I've actually, I, I had a uh, Michael Connolly like era um, where I read like all of these. Like, in the so how, I mean, approximately how many are there? Like, well, maybe I didn't read all of them. I read uh, at least five of them. Nice. Okay. Back yeah. to back to back. Um, I thought that if I finished all of them, I'd become a lawyer and I could finally press charges against Rob. You're almost there. Keep going. Um, Don't give up. Yeah. Just take a shortcut and watch the movies. I was, I was actually just worried what the twist would be because they always have a twist. I was worried what the twist would be when I press charges and I figured that was, could be very dangerous to my health. (laughs) Something get pressed against you. Oh, yeah. See there. There There's the, what a twist. (laughs) What a twist. Horrible, horrible twist. What a horrible and the bigger twist, twist is that's what Greg wanted the whole time. So yeah. <laughs> he just didn't know. He <laughs> but um, the books are really good. the The show Bosch that I talked about not too yeah. long ago uh, is so Bosch. Basically, I, in my mind, when Michael Connolly writes the Lincoln Lawyer stuff, he will write that. But he created a character named Bosch. I don't know which order it came in. Where and Bosch was his like private detective that would help him periodically. Wait, so Bosch is connected? Is in the same uni- in the same oh, universe, cool. yeah. Okay. Um Bosch grew out into another series of books and that became a TV show on Amazon Prime. That show ran its full and ran in the distance. I think five seasons, six seasons ended, but it was picked up by um Freevee, which I think used to be IMDB TV or something, which in itself all sorts of twists there too. And that is now like Bosch Legacy. Where his daughter is doing some stuff. Um, his daughter, uh, reddish hair, freckles, and then you realize that she was one of the little girls from Walking Dead, who was like a little little girl. Oh wow! And it makes you feel awkward and old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. That's fair. Uh, wonderful actress, by the way. Like she's that. I've actually enjoyed all all of that series, and I did not know the Lincoln Lawyer. TV show was a thing, so I'm gonna have to track it. It is now. good. It's um, Netflix. It just came out uh, in in May, and it's it's something that I've kind of been, had my eye on and just hadn't really had time to watch. But I'm I'm glad, I'm glad that I did. And for those of you that have that don't know Lincoln Lawyer or what, like he likes to work. Um, well, the little synopsis is an iconoclastic idealist runs his law practice out of the back of his Lincoln Town car in this series based on Michael Con- Connolly's best-selling novels. Um, and he explains in the show that he he likes to move around. He doesn't like to – he thinks better when he's like in a moving vehicle instead of just being trapped in the office, which works very well. Like it's it's very smoothly done. You don't you, – you know, it's easy to buy that um, when you're watching it. Uh, and the, the I think the thing in the books that I thought was interesting and maybe made me stop after a while was because he's a defense attorney. So – there's a lot of times where he's getting people that people that actually are criminals, he's getting them off of their crimes, at least in the books that I read, uh, on like little inc- inconsistencies, yeah. but but also trying to get them arrested for their crimes after the fact because they are actually still criminals in some cases, um, and other times he's actually solving the real crime. Yeah, he's very idealistic. Uh, and it gets into a little bit about his like his father was also a lawyer and he got his principled stance from that. So, but it's I think the I think the, the show and the movie I think they're they're very well done. I, I enjoyed them. Um, I would be willing to. I don't know. I mean, as far as the book goes, the chances of getting to it are just watch just 
Watch botch. Watch botch. Why can't I speak tonight? Watch. I will. I'll check that out. Watch botch. Yeah. Yes. So. Sasquatch. So that's uh, that's it. Lincoln Lawyer. Go for it. Don't be afraid. Whether it's the show or the movie, jump on it because I think you'll I think you'll enjoy it. That's what we should do. I want to write a movie about a defense attorney that's also a Sasquatch. (laughs) (laughs) Chet Wimbledon, Sasquatch attorney. I was going to say Michael Yeti, attorney at law. (laughs) (laughs) Harry Cases. I think we've got a winner, guys. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Are we going to talk some animation? Yeah, let's talk some animation. Go from Sasquatch to Uh, pets. mm -hmm. Yes. So, of course, we are talking about DC's League of Super Pets. This was released this past weekend, 7-29-22, directed by Jared Stern, starring, at least the voices of, uh, some dude named Dwayne Johnson. What the hell is that? I don't know. I've, I've been rocking my head. About I don't know who it could possibly. Mm. Rock. Oh, you know who that is? That was. It doesn't matter who it is. That was. That wasn't good. It could have been good. It could have been good, but it uh, wasn't. <laughs> good. Because <laughs> I'm not the Rock. Oh. Uh, Kevin Hart, Kate McKinnon, uh, John Krasinski, Vanessa Bayer, and Natasha Leone. Yeah. Who uh, steals the? Who steals everything? Is that the, the squirrel? No. Nah. The turtle. Oh, the turtle. Okay. She's like the turtle, but she sounds like a retiree from Boca that, that won't stop swearing. And like they beep her out. And it, the kids cracked up every time. The kids in the theater. Mm. Nice. Uh, Diego Luna. Uh, I believe that's the squirrel. Okay. Uh, Mark Marin from um, the WTF podcast. Not the wrestler. Mark Marin. Mark Marin is uh comedian. He's a. He does a podcast, but he, he's a comedian podcast. He used to run a bunch of shows on uh, on yeah, MTV, and he was also the um, uh, what magnificent Mark Maron or something. I think it's spelled different. Oh, Mark Maron. He was you know him. He was the uh, he was in Glow. He was the oh, that's the right. He's the promoter or whatever. Yeah, like the main dude in Glow. Uh, Keanu Reeves is in this as Batman. Uh, Thomas Middleditch as Keith, one of the one of the guinea pig friends. And um, Ben Schwartz is the other guinea pig friend, and Olivia Wilde. Um, so real, real this quick, I'm is, sorry, I'm sorry uh, to interrupt. This is the most star-studded movie I've ever fucking seen. Like, oh my god, every single name on yeah, here. There's, and there's more too. <laughs> Holy crap, that's yeah. impressive. I didn't realize it was that many. Okay, sorry, I'm just in awe. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's that's. A, <clears throat> I mean, they, these people had to do something when they were sitting Fair there. Enough. They could all, I mean, with the microphones now, you can just all record in your house. Uh, Crypto the Superdog and Superman are inseparable best friends, sharing the same superpowers and fighting crime side by side in Metropolis. However, Crypto must master his own powers for a rescue mission when Superman is kidnapped. So this is, um, this is not breaking down any new barriers. It is, of course, a kids' movie, and it has a lot of, um, Similar ideas of things like, um, I'll say Megamind a little bit, but not really. Um, it reminds me a little bit of The Secret Life of Pets. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, the, the the animals misunderstanding what's going on. Or one animal being like, oh, your owner is going to leave you because, you know, they're, they, she fell in love with Lois. That mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> but it's really cute and it has some really laugh out loud humor like there was some there were some definitely some jokes for adults in there that and we were there it was me uh, me and my wife my son and his and his uh, good buddy so like you know we don't know the kid all that well or what his parents allow him to see so there was a few jokes that i was like oh i hope he doesn't get that one (laughs) um still not i mean it's not pg-13 worthy but you know they hint at things um it, there's a lot of references to past DC things. There's some stuff that even uh, I noticed, like this one looking up Easter eggs and stuff that people didn't quite catch. Um, one of which being there's a sequence that looks exactly like the Action Comics number one. Oh, really? Uh, with like Superman, just the way it's framed, where there's like 
Yeah, like it's it's when he's talking. I think it's during a part where uh, the dog is talking about how him and Superman would st- you know, stop crimes together, and you know that kind of thing. Um, all the animals are adorable. Um, there's a pig, a chipmunk, some guinea pigs. Um, there's a, a dog who's voiced by Kevin Hart, mm-hmm. who's kind of the one that was abandoned, and it doesn't have the full uh, chip on his shoulder that a lot of animals do in these movies. Or you know, like like flo- uh, Snowball had in Secret Life of Pets. Also, voiced yeah, by which Kevin is funny because the same voice, yeah. Or like uh, the bear in Toy Story Three. Lots of oh yeah yeah like that. But so he's not evil. He's just distant in this case. Um, but they basically the there's a uh, Lex Luthor decides that he's gonna f- use some orange kryptonite to give himself powers, and he has been testing this on a lab full of guinea pigs. One of the guinea pigs has been watching and thinks that she's a partner in crime with Lex Luthor, doesn't realize that she's just a test animal, and. That's kind of the, the impetus for when this like when this all happens. The guinea pig actually gets the powers, not Lex, and takes over. Mm. Um, they're just cute little fun, you know, things like that. There is a little orange kitten in this movie. Oh, in Whiskers, and I happen to have a little orange kitten. And yes, the little orange kitten also looks a lot like the one from Lightyear. I'm assuming, uh, and is uh, gets fully weaponized. And it's hilarious, and I'm a little concerned about my own cat now. Nice. Uh, can shoot, can shoot missile like her whiskers uh, become like uh, like the birds in uh, Mandalorian. Okay. The whistling yeah. bird things, like they launch out like that, and then the tail comes up and like becomes like basically a Gatling gun. <laughs> so that might be a spoiler, but it's funny. Uh, what else do I want to say here about this? Um, the superheroes are kind of an aside in this. Mm-hmm. They have their, because they're mostly captured for the whole thing right. and the, the pets have to do stuff, but, you know, they get their, they do get a chance to mock each other and, you know, no one cares about the water guy, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, there is an after credit scene, which this is obviously not canon, but. There is an after credit scene that um, if you if you know who else the Rock is playing, the Rock is you know Crypto the Superdog, and he gets an opportunity to talk to other characters the Rock may or may not be playing in the near future. Mm. So that is uh, interesting. A little bit of a hint there. Uh, Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart do a really good job playing off each other. I think they're like best buddies. They've done several movies together at this point. Um, I don't know if this is a thing because I was watching the Rock, the Young Rock TV show. And in the show, um, it says that The Rock's best friend is oh, – shoot. Um, oh, uh, uh, he's he's a huge actor, and I'm completely messing up his name right now, like I always do. Uh, the He was in Rogue One as like uh, – Bays or not Bays. Um, dang it. Is he in Rogue One? I don't believe him. It's not Lawrence Fishburne. It's the other guy. Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> there we go. Oh, Thank you. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> Dude, you weren't even close. <laughs> yeah. It's been it a was day. Saw Guerrera. So yeah, that's what I'm that's what I was looking for. Um so like in the in the show Young Rock, they say that, that Forrest Whitaker is like his best buddy. Um but if, so I was like, oh really? So I Googled it and everywhere online says that Kevin Hart is his best buddy. So I'm wondering if like there's there's a thing. Like, is Kevin Hart gonna fight Forrest Whitaker? Maybe. <laughs> but they're really great. They're really great together. Um the yeah, it's a computer animated movie, the animation's good. The the stylization of the superheroes is a little interesting. It's kind of it's definitely looks more like the the kind of a 3D version of the way they drew the Batman like in the old animated series where everything is kind of like a trapezoid shape where like the shoulders are really mm-hmm. broad and it really tapers down quite yeah. a bit. So it definitely is that kind of style. So it's not remotely realistic, but it works really well for the animals. And uh, I would say it's, it maybe dragged about three quarters of the way through. 
um, you know, there was you could tell the kids were getting a little antsy. I enjoyed the whole thing just because of the little references. Um, but my wife was like, "Yeah, it kind of dragged for a little while," and then you know the the, the kid that was not my own kid, um, like he had a he had a <laughs> that phone, and I'm like, "You, have to, you can't turn on your phone." Like, <laughs> Had to like, yeah, but like you don't really know. So, um, have you ever yeah, said something was... to somebody in a theater about that? About a phone? Yeah. <sighs> the only time I really got, I've gotten really annoyed at being kicked in the back. Okay, I've said something about that, and then. There was a there was a movie and it was something I really wanted to see, but I forget what it was. Where the person was translating it, like sitting behind me and translating it into Spanish for somebody, which that's fine. But they were doing it really loud, awesome. and I'm like, and it was completely taking. Like I don't care what they were doing. Like they could have, they were they could have been translating it into English. It was not that. It was the fact they were like screaming over the movie and it was taking me out of the movie. Because like, the character would talk and be like, oh, he said, donde esta los pantalones or whatever. And I was like, you That's have to stop. Just straight up rude. Did did yeah. they stop or or did you say something to them? No, I said, I said something and then they, they stopped. I think it, they moved, actually. Or... Did they? <laughs> no, no, they just started. They, they started doing it quieter. I mean, That's what it was. On, man. Did they not notice you the first? Like, what are you like? What are you doing? Yeah. <clears throat> I I was in a uh, I was in a movie not too long ago where I a young girl next to me like I'm talking like the next seat over was just scrolling her social media feed during the entire and I finally I mean we're like 15 minutes into the movie and she hasn't put her friggin' phone down once and I lean over and I'm like excuse me your phone is really bright would you mind turning it off during the movie and she kind of gave me that look like uh, and she set her phone down, and I'm like, well, "Fine, Grandpa." Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, but she had she had the screen on like full brightness, but that was just staring at her phone. I'm like, "Why are you even here?" That's weird. If you want to look at your phone, go out into the hallway. You're not. You're obviously not watching the movie. But at least turn the screen brightness down. I mean, that, don't be ridiculous. That's such an obvious thing to do. There, there are times where like something will get in my head, and, I'm, and I need to know it like right then. And I'll actually walk down to the little, like, walkway that's, like, you can't see mm-hmm. over because you're next to the seats, you know, like, with the big yeah. angled wall. And I'll look it up. Like, it's usually, like, whose voice is that? That's going to drive me crazy. And I'll, like, do that. <laughs> I'll go down there and do it and then come back. Um, But, yeah, it was, I mean, see it. It's fun. It's uh, it was well worth the no money that I paid for it because I'm a member of the Regal yeah. thing. But. Uh, I will definitely watch it again too. It's definitely going to be one of those fun movies. Just going to put on in the background. So. Yeah, I wanted to. Check I just it cannot. Out. I just cannot let the orange cat. Yeah. Watch it because she'll get ideas. I wanted to check it out. I was going to go see it this weekend, but we ended up going to see Nope instead. Yep. <laughs> so, I went and saw Nope this weekend, and. Nope was released on uh, July 22nd of 2022, and it's directed by Jordan Peele, and it does star Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya? Kiki Palmer, uh, Brandon Perea, Michael Wincott, Stephen Yoon, Ren Schmidt, and Keith David. I'm going to try and dance around this a little bit because the there's there's a little bait and switch involved here. What I thought this movie was about from the trailer was not quite what the movie was about. Was it about the luscious, gravelly voice of Michael Wincott? It was. How did you know? Nice. I haven't seen him in a while. He's... Anything. They they really because yeah, he was in the they grow. really right. played the that up. The by the way, I mean, like it was it was almost like I was questioning if they were if they were augmenting it. Because I was like, God, does he always talk like that? He's been preparing this role by drinking scotch for 20 years. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's what it is. Chasing it with a handful of, like, 
framing nails. <laughs> so, so some of the synopsis that I've come across are the residents of a lonely gulch in inland California bear witness to an uncanny and chilling discovery. Now, that doesn't really tell you a whole lot. Um, there's a little bit more involved here. Uh, after random objects falling from the sky result in the death of their father, ranch-owning siblings OJ and Emerald Haywood attempt to capture video evidence of an unidentified flying object with the help of tech salesman Angel Torres and documentarian Antlers Holst, who is, of course, Mr. Grapple Voice, Michael Wincott. I, I was a little worried about going into this movie simply because I haven't really liked a whole lot of Jordan Peele's movies. Um, and and so I, I was kind of concerned. In fact, the last movie I, I really disliked. But this this one this one I actually I actually really enjoyed it. It wasn't anything that I came out of the theater going, "Damn, that was a great movie." What I gotta go back and see that again. But it was worth my time and it was enjoyable. It it was a little slow in the beginning. Um, but as as things started to unfold, it picked up it picked up steam towards the end, and you know I was I was locked in by the end of the movie, and I was like, oh. Okay, okay. Even even the way it ended, um I didn't really have time to overthink it. Because if if I had, I would have been like, uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. But um so the the twist the twist in the movie was well played. It wasn't spoiled at all, and I'm doing my very best not to spoil it. Um but Daniel Kaluuya basically plays a son who is devastated by the death of his father. I mean, he's kind of despondent throughout most of the movie. And his sister, who I guess is kind of like an absentee sister, she doesn't have a whole lot to do with the family business, which is horse training, by the way. And the the death of the death of their oh, that's why we're horses. That's right. That I thought it's because you got to look at my genitals and we're like, wow, you're hung like a horse. No, that that was in fact not the case. In fact, I know it to be opposite. But <laughs> Kiki Kiki Palmer, Emerald Haywood is kind of like non-existent, at, or not non-existent, but she she's she's not present in the management and the day-to-day operations of the business. And and OJ is kind of drowning, and he's I don't know that he's dealing with his grief very well, and he doesn't know how to deal with people. He's just he I I think he's like the behind-the-scenes horse trainer. And his father was the one who always dealt with the people. And his sister's a little bit better at that, but she doesn't really do anything with the family business other than deal with people. So the business is struggling. He's having to sell off some of the horses that they've trained for, like, movies and commercials and stuff like that. And it's one of those things where he's, like, selling off the assets with the hopes of trying to be able to buy them back, you know, when they get back on their feet. But it doesn't really seem like they're getting back on their feet. And then they concoct this plan after after they figure out why their father died. Which, again, I'm trying not to ruin. But And then, then it really starts to pick up steam. As Angel Torres, played by Brandon Perea, gets involved from Fry's Electronics, which, by the way, went out of business before the movie actually was released. Um, and... And he becomes their their uh, Best Buy tech guy, and he helps them out with all of their stuff. And <sighs> the yeah, they're trying to catch some stuff on video. Ah, uh, man, I'm doing terrible with this. I, I, I really am unsure about how to talk about this without ruining it. Well, you're doing you so, you just from because I haven't seen the movie. You're doing a good job. Like I don't know what. You're doing a good job of not ruining it. Yeah, but I'm also not doing a good job of explaining. Right, it. because you can't. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Um, you, right, because you're like you're tied down by not being able to say too much. Right, and and Stephen Stephen Yoon's character uh, Ricky Jupe Park uh, owns a almost like a Wild West amusement park or um, like a destination park or whatever, and they have like shows and stuff. And he gets involved, and there's there is some parts of this movie that I I still am kind of unclear as to the actual importance or validity. 
Um, there's this entire sequence where they talk about a chimp that went crazy, and that's why you're not allowed to use chimps on shows anymore, because the chimp actually freaked out when a whole bunch of balloons exploded and killed a whole bunch of people on set. Wait, for real? Um, yeah, and then they had to put the chimp down, and Steven Yoon's character was actually the boy on that. He he was a child actor, and he was the boy on the set, and he was the only survivor. Um, and I, I go ahead and tell you that because I don't know how much relevance it actually has to the movie, and that's one of the things I was confused about, is there's there's this whole sequence, and it's probably a good 30 minutes of the movie um, in in you know various pieces, is probably a good 30 minutes of the movie and ultimately doesn't really amount to much in the way of the story. At least I didn't think so. Um, I'm looking, I'm now looking up chimp attacks. Um, yeah, don't fuck no, the chimps. Not yeah, no, chimp, chimps are nasty. Um, uh, Travis, the chimp, uh, ripped someone's face off. Yeah. Was that the lady who had who had Travis as a yeah. pet, and she went to hug somebody outside, and the chimp saw it and thought she was being attacked? And no, the the tra- uh, Travis was outside, and she was trying to get him inside, and took his favorite toy, a Tickle Me Elmo doll, and that's why she he ripped her face off. Oh Jesus! Tickle Me Elmo doll. Interesting. And, uh, she survived, but her face was you know ripped off. No, she's like me, like, yeah. And then she eventually passed away in 2010. That's why you don't keep chimps. Yeah. Really any wild no. animal like that. I still very distinctly remember uh, Florida when I was up at UF. Florida was getting ready to play LSU, the Tigers. And I woke up the morning of the game and I looked at the the newspaper and somebody in Gainesville uh, was mauled to death by their own tiger. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's not a good, that's not good <laughs> that's at all. That's a bad omen right there. <laughs> yeah. Mauled to death. <laughs> yeah. So that was a thing that happened. Um, they lost that game, I believe, as well. So, um, but horses play a big part of the movie. Um, I mean, are there any questions you guys actually have about this movie that I might be able to answer without? Uh, is this based on or in reference to the Skinwalker Ranch in Utah, which we've talked about recently? Good question. Uh, not directly. I mean, it, it could be something where, where you know, that plays into some of the lore, but no, I, I wouldn't say it is. If there was a sequel to this movie that starred some sort of Sasquatch lawyer, do you think that would be out of bounds? If yes, would I be good at playing that lawyer? No and yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, there we go. Well, do you recommend, Start let me ask writing. you this, do you recommend the movie? I do. I mm, I was gonna say I don't know that you need to see it in the theater, but the ending is like the last I don't know thirty five minutes or so of the movie thirty five forty five minutes of the movie benefit from a big screen. Other than that, you don't need to see this in the theater. Fair enough. Gotcha. Because I'm I'm game to God. I'm, I I want to even look and see if it's just available on. Amazon Prime or something because I I, I want to watch it like right away. Uh, not yet. Yeah, I didn't think so. so. Or I could watch it in my pool. Oh, there you go. Oh yeah. Interrupted by Jaws. And that's fine. Cool. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm going to try to find time to see. Yeah, that. I, I'm sorry. That was that was a really really terrible description. But I I'm trying not to ruin it for anybody who actually wants to go see it. No, you. That's good. I'm glad that you did it that way because you did a good job. I I'm getting the idea. I, not what the what you said is the thing you probably think it is about is not it. So I kind of get that. Not exactly. But exactly. So now I'm more curious. <laughs> so now I want to see it even more than before I heard you talk about it. So in that way, I think it was a successful review. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I I do recommend it. Check it out if if you if you are into uh suspense slash horror. Um actually, um fun fact. From what I can see, it looks like this was the first horror film that was filmed in IMAX. 
Fair. Cool. So it takes us yep. out of here, out of our topics. Boom. So I guess that's going to bring us to our give me five question. And the one that we posed this week is, what are your top five closing arguments in movies or TV? Top five closing arguments in movies and TV. I actually really mostly focused on movies because there's a lot in TV because there's a lot of courtroom dramas. And of course, this was brought about because of the Lincoln lawyer. So we we got to thinking about some like uh, courtroom dramas and whatnot. And yeah, I I think it's possible that we'll have some of the same ones on our list. If your number one isn't the same as my number one, you are absolutely incorrect. I'll I'll just say that now. I am... uh... The reason why I'm hesitating here. Oh, crap. Okay. Well, when you are doing your list, I'm going to have to download Alex's list because it showed up and I didn't. Oh, I had my. my. I had my phone on the wrong voicemail. God. So I will go, and then you have to be slightly long-winded so that I can do this. Um, my honorable mentions. I am going to go. This is TV, kind of. Uh, the Golden Crown episode of um, Game of Thrones. Because it's not a real courtroom drama. It is a trial by combat. But that is the um, episode where Tyrion um, gets put into trial by combat. Okay. and It's called a Golden Crown because in an unrelated part of the world, um, Daenerys' brother gets the golden melted crown. gold yeah. board on his head. That's but, uh, not a closing argument, though. Are you? It's just are the, you going the whole, rogue the whole sequence. On this that's list, why it's. Greg? That's I am. It is because that is well. That's why it's an honorable mention. Okay. The closing argument is, uh, I believe, Bron, uh, you know, killing all of the people. Um, so that's why it's in there. And um, so I, I will go right to the list here. Um, my number five is going to be my cousin Vinny. It's not, and again, we're not. Remember, I said before, I I did not focus on closing arguments. I focused on best courtroom sequences some some of which end up being closing arguments because it causes mistrust all right omar exactly uh my cousin Vinny, the whole marissa tomei automotive knowledge thing um number four this one is on a lot of top like number one lists but oh, it's um, a fact. injustice for all injustice for all from 1979 um it is uh you know it's just a, a very broad uh courtroom scene it's Pacino right I, he goes absolutely ape shit or something yes I'm out of order you're out of order this whole fucking yeah that one you see that a lot in like best of sequences too I think they had it I'm always convinced that they had it in the queue for uh, the great movie ride at least not the part where he swore but mm-hmm. you know some of the Pacino parts um so that was four three few good men you can't handle the truth that's kind of one of the ones that pops into people's heads uh, the original To Kill a Mockingbird closing argument and the subsequent conversation that um, Atticus has with the judge afterwards uh-huh. um, is my number two. And uh, my number one is the Close Your Eyes speech uh, from A few, Time to Kill. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Your number one, number one is one. Correct, also sir. Just so It you was know. also my wife's number one when, I casu- when we were cooking dinner the other night and I casually asked. She was like, oh, it's got to be Time to Kill. Yes. So. Yes, it does. Okay, you do your thing. I'm muting so I can do my, okay. my thing. Well, I will go ahead and do my five. At number five, I I didn't really have super strong feelings about it, but it was a solid closing statement, so I'm going to go ahead and put Paul Newman's closing statement in the verdict. The you are the law, today you are the law speech. Okay, solid, solid closing. I'll go with that. At number four, number... Number four is my cheat entry because it's not really a closing statement of a trial, so to speak, but it kind of is. And that's going to be Patch Adams' closing statement from the movie Patch Adams, where he talks about uh, everybody being a doctor, everybody being a patient. Yes, he has been treating patients, but, you know what what is considered treating of patients and 
and all of that. So, you know, what he considers what he does treating it, although it's not necessarily medically treating a patient. Um, so Patch Adams is going to be my number four. My number three might be might be a little bit questionable, but my number three is actually going to be Atticus Finch's speech from To Kill a Mockingbird in his closing statement. It only made number three on my list because the number two statement, and I've watched two different versions of this closing statement. One was done by Kevin Spacey, and listening to Kevin Spacey deliver this speech, you know, current things aside, listening to Kevin Spacey give this speech, and then listening, or monologue, uh, we'll call it a monologue since it's in a movie. It is a closing statement. But listening to Kevin Spacey give this monologue, and then listening to the next person give this monologue, was like listening to a listening to a kindergartner tell us about his day and then listening to a orator <laughs> tell us about anything that they... Uh, kindergarten telling about the day. Oh. Start one thing and then they veer off into something else and then... And... And wander off and ask for. And snack. I think I think there was some differences in in the in the monologue, but I mean, just the delivery from Kevin Spacey, and you know, and whether you you know how you feel about Kevin Spacey aside, it just uh, I think without actually ever saying it, we pick based on the quality. We have always picked based on the quality of the right. work itself, right. and that is not we are taking no moral stance one way or the other on the terrible, awful, yes. rapey things yes. that he did. And, um, well, and, but, you know, aside from that, this delivery was nothing compared to the delivery of Mr. Orson Welles in Compulsion. Now, if you want a master class on tempo and timing and and changing your changing your pitch changing your your i mean even even the directing for this monologue because at times at times the audience in the chamber gets kind of riled up and the judge bangs his gavel and tells them to quiet down and Orson Welles just delivers this monologue like no one is there I mean, he he talks perfectly over the din. He's still one hundred percent understandable. It, it's it is just an amazing delivery. So check that out, Orson Welles in Compulsion, the closing argument for that. I completely disagree because it's it's <laughs> it's a uh, it's a monologue against capital punishment. Whatever. I completely disagree with it, but it is it is an amazing monologue. But my number one, without question, one of one of the one of the few oh shit moments that I remember from watching a movie. The first time I saw the movie when this happened, I was like, "Oh shit!" Was the Matthew McConaughey McConaughey McConaughey? I don't know. Anyway. Hey. Hey? Hey? Hey. I believe so. Anyway. <laughs> I just discussed this with some friends last night, and they gave me shit for calling him Matthew McConaughey. Um, his his speech in, or his monologue in A Time to Kill was so amazingly powerful that it is automatically the first thing that I thought of when this question came up. Just phenomenal. You also use that as one of your gives you chills moments yep. in a top five a few months ago. Yep. Yep. Nice. Well, I believe I set up Alex's voicemail correctly. Well, we'll find so. out. Alex is going to be our Omar for the evening. 
Hey, give me five podcasts. It's Alex. Uh, top five closing arguments in movies or TV. It's not as easy a list as I thought it would be because all of the movies I recall having great courtroom scenes don't have great closing arguments, like A Few Good Men. They don't even make it to the closing. Philadelphia, two movies that I love that I can't utilize. Or even Better Call Saul, which is one of my favorite shows. My favorite character on there is uh, Kim Wexler, and I can't remember her ever having a closing argument. So anyway, here's what I could find. <clears throat> Number five, I have Courtney B. Vance for American um, Crime Story. It was the O.J., the People versus O.J. Simpson. Mm-hmm. He played Johnny Cochran. That's probably the most iconic closing argument in the history of, you know, the world at this point. And the only reason why it's low on the list is because, you know, as great as it was, it doesn't, you know, compare to the actual uh, original. I've actually seen, you know, a real person do it. Number four, I have Gregory Peck to kill a mockingbird. Most people would probably have that higher. I think it's a great closing argument. It's nothing, it's nothing personal. It's just, uh, I'm trying to be a little different, I guess, with this list. Number three is the other one I think most people are going to have, and that's Matthew McConaughey from A Time to Kill. I think I like that argument more when I was younger. Uh, it still works, obviously, but it's, it's not my favorite anymore. Um, number two, there was a TV show on HBO. It was like a, you know, a, a limited series back in 2016 called The Night of. It starred John Turturro and Riz Ahmed, and Turturro plays an attorney. It's one of the more realistic depictions of being an attorney that I've seen, and his closing argument was amazing. And then number one is Paul Newman in The Verdict. The Verdict might be my favorite Mm. legal movie, maybe outside of A Few Good Men in Philadelphia. Those two are pretty high up there, too. And Paul Newman has a very brief but dead-on closing argument that I think is brilliant. And I think it's uh, probably not as popular as it should be. Uh, from that standpoint, it's, 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 uh, he's the best actor I've mentioned out of the five that we've done. Um, so that's my list. I hope you like it. And uh, that's it. Thanks. Bye. I don't say this often, but Alec, you, sir, are 100% incorrect. <laughs> oh, you're, are you now feuding with Alec? <laughs> oh. The actual lawyer, by the yeah. way. No, he's incorrect. It's okay. We still love you, Alec. <laughs> You'll be talking to my lawyer. Yeah. Well, you want to give them the contact info, Greg? So that they can reach out to us? Uh, yeah, so if you uh, agree or disagree that I'm with wrong. any of the things you heard, feel free to give us an email at gimme5podcast at gmail.com. Uh if you uh, I don't have any of the stuff up <laughs> you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at give me five pod you can email us directly give me five podcast at gmail.com you can go to our website give me five podcast.com and remember guys leave us a review please it helps us stand out and it helps other people find well, us I was building Ikea furniture all night I'm fried oh God. <laughs> I have it memorized by now it's <laughs> true oh and remember guys like I always say Have no fear of perfection. You'll never hear it coming when it stabs you in the back. Allegedly. Allegedly.